Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm your host, Sammy Womack, a nationally recognized money expert, budgeting coach, and your very own hype squad. I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. So I'm a budgeting coach and every day I help real people set up their real budgets. And in order to do this successfully, I designed a one of a kind budgeting system for everyone. The digital budgeting system is a set of digital worksheets that are perfect for any and every family's budgeting needs from beginners to pros. If you want an automated, color-coordinated, simplified, and gorgeous way to organize your money, then you're in the right place. This is a simple six-tab spreadsheet system hosted through Google Sheets full of formulas and shortcuts to make your budgeting life easier, as well as a how-to video to help you get it all set up. The best part? It's only 20 bucks. Visit asunnysideuplife.com slash budgeting or find the direct link in the show notes to get yours today. Welcome back to another solo episode. This week, let's talk about why forcing your kids to go to college might not be the best solution and how we can kind of think this through from the financial aspect of it. So what prompted me to record this episode for you guys was about three years ago or so, I wrote this guest blog on my friend V's website, V Frugal Fox. And I entitled it, Forcing Your Kids to Go to College is Stupid. Okay, was that kind of a clickbait title? Yes. But let me let me defend myself, right? <laughs> yes, maybe that was a little harsh of a title. And, and really how I like to dig into this title is by actually just jumping right into it by contradicting myself just right from the get-go to prove to you that, yes, it's a little bit of a clickbaity title. Okay, so let's talk about some statistics just to dive into this. The medium weekly earnings for workers with high school diplomas but no college education was $781. Okay, that works out to about 40000 a year. The unemployment rate for those with only a high school diploma is like 7%. Americans with bachelor's degrees, on the other hand, earn a weekly average of $1,300. And average earnings come out to about 67000 per year. And the unemployment rate for Americans with bachelor's degrees is like 2%. Okay, I'll link the article that we got this info from for you guys in the show notes if you want to read a little bit more about it. So, okay, we're like high school diploma, about 40K on average, bachelor's degree, about 67K on average. We're like, okay, yeah, well, that sounds like kind of a no-brainer, right? Earn a college degree and it you got like a golden ticket to earn on average what is that $27,000 more a year hey you know sign me up $2,000 more a month okay right that just sounds like a gold paved path to the best possible life however like any other investment we have to weigh our options so it's not just as, as simple as okay earn a degree and 
you're automatically going to get a higher salary and your chance of ever being unemployed automatically goes down. Like statistics show us that it's more likely, but it's not really just that black and white, right? There's a lot more to it. And so like any other investments, we have to weigh the pros and cons. We have to weigh, is it worth the money that we put in to get the income that we're going to get out? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't just like any other investment. And I think where this thought process really started to get messy was over the past couple of generations, like the baby boomers, we got Gen X, the millennials, Gen Z. And I don't know if you guys know what the next generation is called. Like my kids, they're, they're not Gen Z. They're even younger. Um, I heard that they were called Gen Alphas. I hope that I have that correct because what an amazing name for a generation. Way better than millennials. But anyway, I digress. But (laughs) it gets a little messy, right, over the course of these generations because a lot has changed. Tuition prices rose. Average salaries, of course, also rose but they didn't actually raise at the same rate. So that's kind of where it started to get a little messy. So between the academic years of 1963 and 64, tuition and fees for the average four-year university totaled $243 annually. (laughs) The average salary in 1964 was $6,600. Can you imagine spending $243 on college. That's like one textbook right now. (laughs) That's crazy. Which means that the cost of college for one year was around three and a half percent of the average person's salary. So you're like, oh yeah, that's not, that's not too much of an investment. Like I can invest 3% of my salary and, you know, go to college. That sounds great. The college board reported that between the academic years of 2021 and 2022, on the other hand, tuition and fees at the average in-state four-year university totaled $27,000. So out-of-state came in more like $44,000, and private institutions can be more like $54,000. So we're talking like somewhere between twenty-seven dollars and $54,000 versus like in 1964 when it was like sixty-six. dollars Hundred, And then the average salary also for 2022 averaged about 53000 which means that the cost of college for one year of in-state college is around 51% of a person's average salary. So 1964, it was more like 3%. 2022, it's more like 51%. So it's not just that college itself has went up. Salaries, of course, have went up as well, but they have not increased at the same rate of inflation, right? They, they have not increased at the same percentage rate. Just in the last 20 years, college has increased 124.2% for an average annual increase of 6.2%. That's pretty high. That's a pretty fast growing. Like that's faster than average inflation. Average inflation is usually around about 4%. Obviously, we're higher than that right now because just, you know, everything is crazy. But it usually averages out to about 4%. So college tuition is raising faster than regular inflation. And, 
you know, we can't really blame our parents for raising us in the mindset of like college equals success when we realized that back in the 80s when the majority of us millennials were being born or our parents, you know, were in their early adult years, you could pay for a degree with a minimum wage job because their parents were like, okay, you know, college is 243 like annually. <laughs> it was just so different. It was just a very different world. And in a perfect world, right, you would grow up with financially stable parents who had saved your whole life for you to go to college. You could go wherever you wanted to go. You could graduate with a degree. You wouldn't have to go into debt for. You could get whatever career you wanted. And you could make that beautiful average $59,000 that the statistics promised you. You wouldn't have any debt. You know, you'd get to have the, the job of your choice. You'd be like just living the life. But life is not all rainbows and unicorns and cotton candy clouds. <laughs> Millennials can tell you that for sure. And Gen Zers are, they're, they're starting to figure it out as a lot of them are, you know, in their early adult years now. This is just not what it's like. Not everyone, not even the average person graduates high school with a fully funded 529 account and they get to go to whatever college of their choice and just study whatever they want and just we'll see how it goes, right? That's not reality. But a lot of us were raised with the mindset of go to college, you'll be successful or you've got to spend money to make money. Like college is an investment. And yeah, you're, you might have to take on a little bit of debt, but it's going to be worth it because you're going to go to college and you're going to get that job and you're going to be able to pay them off and it's going to be fine. A lot of people, a lot of us were raised like, okay, well, if you want to be rich and be successful and be, you know, not have to struggle like we struggled, you need to go to college, you need to get a degree. And a lot of us were taught that, but we weren't taught about the repercussions. And I think a lot of the reason why we weren't taught that is because it was a very different world when the baby boomers were in college and when the Gen X were in college. It was it was a very different world. Or on the other side of that, some of us are first generation college students and our parents had a very rose-colored glasses view of what college was, what it really entailed, what you could really expect once you had the degree in your hand. A lot of our parents didn't know firsthand, so they just taught us through the rose-colored glasses view of it. So we're just like setting ourselves up for there's so many holes in in this version of the story that we were told. We weren't taught about the repercussions of getting that degree. We weren't taught that student loans can be suffocating, sometimes downright debilitating, that they can delay you from buying a home, having children, even buying groceries or getting having to choose between like making your payments and, you know, buying your prescriptions because let's not even get into the whole healthcare system flaws. All right. Let's, you know, that's a whole nother conversation, but I have seen firsthand from my clients, clients that have student loan payments that are as much as their mortgage or as much as their car payment or more. It's suffocating for a lot of these people and it's not what they thought it would be. It's, they weren't taught 
that there are some cons to this. It's not all pros. And, and you do have to weigh both. And I think that we weren't taught to weigh the pros and the cons. We were taught there's only pros. Go to college. <laughs> You'll figure the rest out later. It'll work itself out. We weren't taught that sometimes it would take, you would have to work at this degree required job for sometimes 10 years to even break even on your degree. We weren't taught about the predatory lending system of student loans. We weren't taught that, like I was talking with Nika in a past episode about how you will be charged interest on your student loans and then be charged interest on top of that interest. It's going to just roll over. It is compound interest, but not in your favor. Like we think about investing. We're like, well, with your investments, like you earn interest and then that interest earns interest and then that interest earns interest and it's called compounded interest. Student loans sometimes do the same thing, but not in your favor. You're paying interest on the interest that you still owe. And sometimes people are making payments and literally not getting anywhere. They're treading water. And some of us were taught to turn up our noses to any and all careers that were only a high school diploma required. We were taught, no, you're going to do better than that. You're going to be better. And we weren't taught about all the different career aspects that don't require a college degree that maybe require some kind of certification or some specialty training or just on the job training. There, there's so many different other ways to get educated and obtain a career outside of specifically college, outside of a four-year university, very expensive degree. We weren't taught about that there are very successful careers. There are very successful people that go into these careers. Also, there are options. A lot of us weren't taught that. And like I said, you know, can we really blame our parents for raising us this way? Like they, most of the time they meant well, they meant well. They didn't, they weren't like, ha ha, she'll never know. She's going to be just buried in student loan debt. You know, jokes on her. You know, like they, they weren't setting us up for this. It just... I don't know what was the problem, but we think, like I said, it was, it was a different world. So we realized that back in the eighties, you could pay for your degree with a minimum wage job, right? Like I said, in 1987, an average undergrad degree cost you about $39,000. Okay. Yeah. It went up. Sure. It went up for like the Gen X. They were like, all right. Yeah. It's our, our college is more expensive than it was for the baby boomers. But then in 2016, the average rose to 103,000, 161% increase. And, you know, raise your hand if you grew up hearing, like, you're going to have to work your way through college. Like, maybe we couldn't save for you to go to college, but it doesn't matter. You're going to go. You take loans if you have to. You can, you can work part-time. You're going to pay your way through college. You'll figure it out by the time you get done. Like you can clean up the mess if you had to take on any student loans and it's going to be worth it. Raise your hand. That was me for sure. We heard this because our parents in the 80s were like, yeah, they could statistically work a part-time minimum wage job and pay for 106% of their tuition. While in the 2010s, you'd only be able to pay for 
68% of your tuition with that same type of job. Like that was the difference in how much minimum wage increased versus how much tuition increased. So in the 80s, you could you could fully pay for more than your whole tuition, 106% of your tuition. You could pay for all your tuition and still have 6% to waste. When in the 2010s, you were trying to work the same kind of job, paying for the same kind of education, it would only cover 68%. So there you are taking on a 32% student loans. Leaving Gen Xers, typically with no student loan debt, but millennials and Gen Zers buried in more like 30 to 60, sometimes more of debt. Crazy. So this becomes really problematic because for one, college is not meant for everybody. So we are just pushing society down this conveyor belt of college is your next step. College is the path to success. When for one college is not meant for everyone and we're pushing them through four years of time spent that could be spent on something else, money spent that could be spent on something else. And we're putting kids in this linear path and not letting them explore like what are your other options outside of this linear path. There are lots of other things that you could do with your life. We're leading kids into debt without really giving them choices, without showing them that there are other options, that it is not the only way to success. Okay, but I know what you're going to say. Okay, but there are some jobs that like require you to have a degree. I understand. Like if you're going to be like a doctor, a lawyer, um, my sister is a CPA, like she had to get a master's degree. My brother-in-law is a teacher and he has a bachelor's degree. He's on his way. He's working through his master's right now to one day be an administration or a principal or something like that that requires a master's degree. Amazing, right? Their careers directly need a degree. That's amazing. Obviously, go for it. Like if that's your path, if that's your goal, that's not everyone's goal though. So my personal experience, I'll share a little bit about my experience, my husband's personal experience, just for a really great example. <laughs> so all of, all of this was really unknown to me, this whole world. In 2006, I graduated high school, started college right out of high school, very next semester, took no time off because, you know, I was preached the whole thing. If you take time off, you'll never go all of that. I was first generation college graduate. I was the first, I'm the oldest child. So me and my sisters, we all graduated with degrees. I have a bachelor's. One sister has associates. The other one has a master's. And we were taught for as long as I can remember that degrees equal strong, independent women, especially as women. We were like, all right, my, our parents were like, you're not going to be dependent on any man. Like you're going to be an educated woman, you know, which I totally get, especially as a mother of girls. Like I, I totally, I know that's very sexist, but I totally get it. And in our household, we also, we were somewhat raised to be financially responsible, even though our parents Maybe weren't. I don't know. There's that kind of seems harsh, but they made a lot of mistakes and they were like, hey, you're going to do better. We're, you know, you're going to do better than we did. 
So in our household, when we were in like junior high, high school, we were expected to save 10%, invest 15% of our paychecks. Uh, We were taught to work hard. We were taught the importance of getting an education. We were taught like you only get married for love. You don't get married because like you need someone to take care of you. They wanted us to be well-educated. They wanted us to be somewhat financially literate. So we knew what was going on. And so we weren't codependent especially on a partner and I get that right I totally get that but looking back and looking at kind of re not like reparenting myself for lack of a better term but thinking back now that my kids are at these turning points I'm raising a preteen right now and it feels like it's gone so fast and I feel like we're going to be at that crossroads before we know it so I'm kind of thinking through these things of what do I want to do the same and what do I want to do different with my own kids and I'm thinking back of okay I understand like teaching your kids save and invest. I understand teaching your kids hard work. Like we all had jobs. We bought a lot of our own stuff. I bought all my own clothes and shoes by the time I was in high school. You know, we were, we were very independent, educated young women, but was college a must for that dream to be a reality? Would that have not been true still if I never got a bachelor's degree? Would I still have learned how to save and invest. And even though I did learn how to save and invest, I still made plenty of mistakes. (laughs) It was not a flawless system. And would I still have been independent? I don't know. It's hard to know. And so I'm kind of thinking these through these things with my own kids, like was college a success factor? Was it a needed ingredient in that recipe for success? Not really. Probably not. I mean, I'm not sure. I want to pause real quick to tell you about my favorite goal setting resource, the Power Sheets Goal Planner. This research-backed goal planner helps you build a life you love one day at a time. It's basically like a life coach in a journal. The Power Sheets help you set, plan, and track progress towards the goals that matter most to you, big or small. Through a proven guided system, you'll gain clarity and confidence to live on purpose. No matter your season of life, you'll be able to identify meaningful goals, outline steps to reach them, and plan time to work towards what matters. I'm personally obsessed with the Power Sheets. 2023 will be my sixth year using them, and I know that you'll love them too. If you're interested in getting a set for yourself for the new year, grab them ASAP because they will sell out. Make sure you set aside $62 plus shipping in your fun money budget for them. And remember that by using my affiliate link in the show notes, you'll be helping to support the podcast. All right, now let's get back to the episode. And on my husband's side of the story, his story was very different in his family. Graduating high school, solid achievement, get a good job, keep that job, you know, drive a nice vehicle, own a home. College wasn't like considered or really, it wasn't like the end all be all. It wasn't really expected. And after high school, he moved out. He worked a full-time job and they, great. You're successful. Super proud of you. 
My parents, on the other hand, I don't know if maybe it was because I was the girl. I don't know if maybe it was different, but my parents were terrified (laughs) that I would end up pregnant, that I would end up uneducated. I would end up poor, that I would end up dropping out of college like had happened for generations before not actually finishing college because I got pregnant. And I just specifically remember these lectures from my parents. And so college was the thing that was going to stop all of that trajectory. And I was the one, I had all that responsibility on my shoulders. You're going to be the one that breaks this generational curse. You're going to be the one that doesn't drop out of college because you're pregnant. You're going to actually get a degree. You are going to be well-educated. You are going to be a financial financially, um, you know, secure, you're going to be the one that changes it all. No pressure though. (laughs) And people wonder why I have diagnosed anxiety. (laughs) Um, but so yeah, I did. So I went to college. I got a degree. I majored in history. I was uh, at first planning to be a history teacher. My husband went to work in, the um, oil transportation and boats on the boats and doing what he does still now. And here we are, you know, he helped me pay for college. I moved out when I was 18. We got engaged when I was 19. He was like supporting me financially when I was 18 and I was in college. He paid for all but my first semester. I moved in with him my second semester of college. My parents paid for the first semester at community college for what my um, Pell Grants didn't cover, which wasn't much um, because we still had a pretty, my parents had a pretty low income that I got most of it covered by Pell Grants. My parents covered the rest, but my husband paid for the other three and a half years of college. And we made it work. He knew that it was important to me. um, And we made it work. We cash flowed through my college. I did end up putting like some books on credit cards and some living expenses because like we would kind of cut ourselves short and we wouldn't be able to like cover groceries or gas or something because we had made the school payment. So looking back, maybe it might have been better to get a small student loan rather than pay interest on credit cards. But I was terrified of student loans and I didn't know anything about them. Like I said, I was the first one to go to college. My parents didn't know anything about them. I don't know mathematically which way would have been smarter. It doesn't matter now. Those credit cards are way long gone. Those were paid off the beginning of my debt-free journey. And it is what it is. So here we are now. My husband is still working the same job that he's been working since he was 20 he makes around 100000 per year. He has a 401k with a great match. He has good health insurance. He's part of a union. Like it's a very, it's a very great job with very great benefits, all with a high school diploma. And I am the stay-at-home parent. I'm the homeschooling mom. I obviously run my business. And I bring in less than a teacher's salary. I know that like my, my first big financial goal is to make what I would have made if I would have used my degree and became a teacher. I'm not quite to that goal yet. Let's just say that. All with a bachelor's degree. 
So who knows, right? It's not the only path to success. And my husband and I are proof of that. The reality is that a degree won't serve you a life on a silver platter. There's so much more into it. It's not, it won't guarantee you a six figure job. It won't guarantee you a happy life. But on the other hand, going through life with a good work ethic, good financial literacy, and a high school diploma won't guarantee that you'll end up on the streets. It's not, it's not a one way or the other. So what we have to do, I think, as our kids are starting college and or when they do one day, is to weigh those options. Weigh your options. Do your research. Take into account the cost of college versus the income that they could possibly earn with that degree. Do the pros outweigh the cons? And I suggest that we weigh our education options like we would any other financial investment. And I say consider if you or your child truly wants to go to college, is the push for a degree coming from a place of fear for the future or is it actually needed for the life you aspire? So let me say that again. Weigh your options. And really consider, is the push for a degree coming from a place of fear or is it truly needed for the life that you aspire to have? So in my sister's case, she literally could not have her career without her education, without her degree. It was part of her plan. She weighed the pros and the cons. She took on that student loan debt that it took to obtain not only a bachelor's but also a master's. Also doing all of her CPA exams that she had to do, she weighed those pros and cons and she went into that decision very prepared for it, very prepared to take on the financial burden that it took to get to where she wanted to be in her to her career. And I think that's what we don't do. And I think that's what as millennials, we weren't raised to do. We were taught ask questions later, just go get your degree, get your degree before you change your mind. That was always, I feel like my parents were always like, get your degree before you talk yourself out of it. Don't take a semester off because then you'll talk yourself out of it. I mean, like taking a gap year would have been like the worst thing you could have possibly done. You know, we always like, I don't know. I see, we see on the TV shows a lot where it's like, oh, they're going to take a gap year. They're taking a year to backpack across Europe. Like, oh, they're never going to actually go to college. Like there was always that underlying tone, right? Why? Why? Do you, I don't know. I might have still went to college. I'm not really, I honestly am not really sure. So I don't plan on telling my kids like college is your only path to success. Of course, I want to encourage them to be educated. I want to encourage them to love learning. I want them to encourage them to be passionate about whatever career path they choose. Hardworking, independent, self-sufficient, like all the things, of course. And I want them to aspire to wealth and greatness and air quote success, whatever success means for them. And I will also have a launching fund ready for them. So I talked about this a couple episodes ago when I interviewed Rachel Rainbolt and she talked about launching funds. And Rachel's the person that introduced launching funds to me. I kind of had an idea, but I didn't really have a term for it. It wasn't really 
black and white. You know, it was just kind of like, eh, I don't know, traditional college might not be the thing. And, but Rachel's kind of who introduced me to launching funds. So basically the idea is they're going to have money ready for them, whether they do want to use it on a traditional four-year university, if they want to start a business, if they want to use it as a down payment on their house, whatever they want to use it for to help them start their adult lives and start their adult lives on a strong foundation. I want them to know that we're, we support them. We support their dreams and their future. And I don't want it to be based on their parents' fears of what if, what if. So there are some common options for saving for college. So first of all, you can do the UTMA, the UGMA. So that's, we have UTMAs for our girls right now. They're uniform transfer minors accounts. And these are basically flexible spending. Um, you can spend them on whatever you want. They do have some tax advantages, but they're not super great. So there is no tax on the first $1,050. And of course, this might change over the course of the years. So at the time of recording this, there are no taxes on the first $1,050 of investment returns. So the earnings on it. The next $1,050 is taxed at 10%. Beyond that, the UTMA accounts pay taxes at their parents' tax rate. Okay. Another con <laughs> is that when the beneficiary reaches the age of majority, so when they're not a minor anymore, and that could be 18, 21, 25, depending on which state you're in, the money becomes that person's property. It becomes your child, who is now an adult's property. The parents cannot ask for it back. They can't beg for it. They can't, like, it is fully their money legally their money and legally we can't tell them how to spend it obviously we could come up with a plan we can collaborate on what's what are we what are we planning on doing with this money you know before it technically becomes theirs but at the end of the day is legally their money and they can do what they want with it that could be a little scary and I talked about that in my interview with Rachel and I said well I'm doing UTMAs you know, and she was like, uh, well, we're actually doing traditional brokerage accounts for our kids. And I said, hmm, interesting. And she's like, well, you know, we're kind of like, what if that like that legally becomes their money? So her idea for doing just a regular old brokerage account, like a mutual fund kind of thing, is that you as the parent remains the owner of the money. You can decide when you gift it to the child. It gets to grow at a really decent rate, the rate of the stock market, whatever you have it invested in. It's going to probably be like 8 or 10% on average over the years. But you do have to pay taxes on it. You're going to have to pay a hefty amount of taxes. You're not going to have that graduated tax scale like you do with the UTMAs. But it gets to stay your money. And you can decide. You're like, okay, they are pretty mature. I think they can handle it. They have a good plan for it. Let's go ahead and gift them this money. Or you can go the 529 route, which I think is pretty much the most, um, the most well-known college fund. 
it isn't as flexible as a UTMA. So the money of a 529 can only be used to pay for tuition, fees, room, board, textbooks, computers, other qualified expenses, and, and attending an accredited college or university. But there are a lot more tax advantages. So you can... Um, you can't use the money for any other purposes, right? If you do, you'll owe a 10% penalty plus income taxes on that account's earnings. So you're like, oh, 10% penalty plus taxes. That's pretty rough. That's pretty rough. But as long as you use the money to pay for qualified educational expenses, you'll never own income. You'll never owe income tax on it. Like, Wow, like it's tax free. That's crazy. And so I know some people that pick one or the other, some people that do a little bit of different. Um, I know some people that will do some in a 529 and some in a UTMA. You could totally do a little hybrid if you want. That's awesome. Also with 529s, you can't always pass it to a sibling or you can save it for a grandchild. So there's, there's some options there. What I would not do is save for college or launching funds in cash or in regular savings accounts. Because with cash, you're for sure going to lose money because of inflation. So the average inflation is 4%. It's much higher right now. It's like 9%, I think, right now or something. So your money is losing at least 4% where if it was in the market, it could be earning you, you know, on average, like 8% or so, depending obviously on what the stock market is doing. If it's in a traditional savings account, it's going to earn you like half a percent. It's going to be ridiculous. You're probably going to end up paying fees. I always ended up paying fees on my traditional savings account. Or even if you have a high yield savings, like with Ally or Capital One 360, you might earn like 2%, but again, that's not going to keep up with inflation. You're going to have to pay taxes on any growth you earn, and you're probably going to earn like two or $300. Like you're not going to earn a lot. So cash or traditional savings is probably not the way to go. So I would really think through like, what are your plans for your kids? If your kids are old enough, collaborate with them, like talk it through with them. If they're still little, you know, maybe you want to do a little hybrid, figure out what's going on, you know, consider the UTMAs, 529s, traditional brokerage, kind of feel it out, decide what works for your family, what works for your child, what works for your hopes and dreams and aspirations for them. But don't just blindly go into it like conveyor belt style, college is the only way to success because we know at we know as a millennial society that that is not always the case but I feel like things are getting better we're we're having these conversations we're looking at it from different angles now we're seeing that it's not the only way that not going to college doesn't automatically mean that you're doomed to fail at life you know nothing dramatic like that there are options of community college. I did my first two years at community college. It was so cheap, so much less stressful. There was actually parking spaces. <laughs> like it was, it was actually really great. There 
are also options where we could do college classes in high school now sometimes in, in kids' senior years. Like, take advantage of those if that works out for your kid. Look into Pell Grants. Look into scholarships. Look into grants. There was a really great Journey to Launch episode. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, episode 272 where they talk about scholarships and grants and things like that and it was just a really great episode so if you want to kind of dig into more of that like start there start exploring more around Instagram reading blogs you know just really help your child do the research do the research with them and you know kind of just put your feelers out that there are other ways other than just straight conveyor belt to college and straight into student loan debt like there are so many other options. So that's pretty much everything that I wanted to dig into with you guys this week. I hope I gave you a couple of things to think about. And that's all for me today. Talk to you guys next time. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a review. Five-star reviews are what help the podcast grow. Don't forget to check out the episode show notes for links to everything that we talked about today, as well as tons of free resources to help you on your financial independence journey, like my monthly newsletter, budgeting challenges, fun downloads, and more. Head over to asunnysideuplife.com to get started. And if you want to keep up with me in the day-to-day, don't forget to follow me on social media at a sunny side up life. Well, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.